Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Emma Holmes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. You hear the axe man tuning it up. It's Wednesday at 6 o'clock. That means one thing. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio here on 610 Sports Radio. I honestly don't know if I'm doing this show with Pete Sweeney, who's the chief editor at Arrowhead Pride, or Mike McDaniels, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Gelled, combed over hair, nice glasses, good-looking lad. All over the world. We do have a a very similar look. Me and good old Mike down in Miami. Miami Mike. Yeah. 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 I don't know what KCP... I don't know if that has the same uh, if that has the same thing, but this is the Arrowhead Pride uh, radio show. We finally are we've escaped the bye week, right. longest week of your life, other than the first week of the season. That's the gap between preseason three and regular season one. Um, Jay South, Southland Toast Service text line nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Also at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. The polls, up, I mean, not the poll, but the questions up. What do you want to ask? What do you want us to answer, or I guess what do you want Pete to answer in the final segment of the show when we get to your questions in the mailbag uh, section of the show here on Arrowhead Pride Radio, 913-586-7610. You can text in, too, if you'd like. Again, Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney, Grant Nicholson producing this. Pete, how was your bye week? Was yeah. it was it well? Do you like that time, like in the middle of the like week eight, week nine, like to well, get the middle of the road yeah. gap? I was certainly ready, I think, for uh, a little break here. and Report for the Chiefs. All right, so week nine, middle of the road, right? They've done pretty good so <laughs> far. Uh, the big name that comes back is Trip McDuffie. Niang is back. But the name that's kind of concerning that you had was Willie Gay. What concerns you, Pete Sweeney, this week with the injury report popping up? Yeah, as we look at the injury report, I think it's a good sign that, as you mentioned, Trent McDuffie's a full participant on Wednesday. Mike Dana, a full participant on Wednesday. A little concerning here, because of a quad and illness, Jody Fortson did not practice on Wednesday. So something okay. worth monitoring there. Willie Gay popped up on the injury report with a hamstring. So we didn't really know a ton about this heading into the week. He wasn't mentioned during the Chiefs press conferences. So we're wondering, did this injury happen potentially at practice on Wednesday. We'll find out more as the week goes along. I would tend to think it didn't because when we were out there in our media look, it was very fast today, meaning the Chiefs had what is considered a light practice. And so we'll see about Willie Gay. Also worth noting here, doesn't appear on the injury report for the Chiefs, but Lucas Niang was back to practice. And so he spent the first couple weeks of the season on the physically unable to perform list. Now that he's practicing, just like McDuffie had, he'll have 21 days to show the Chiefs he's healthy, ready to go. And he has to be activated within that 21-day window. If he is not, then he would be done for the year. We, we anticipate that he will be active. And then on the Titan side, the injuries worth watching are Jeffrey Simmons, the nose tackle. He's dealing with an ankle injury, safety Imani Hooker. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. Both did not practice. And then, of course, we're looking at Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and their starting left guard, Aaron Brewer, all three were limited. And the key here is, you know, we think that Henry and we think Brewer will play. Well, Tannehill, because Tannehill did not play last week. And so, yeah, isn't one of the upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFL? No, it isn't. But whenever the starting quarterback may not play, that would typically be a, a huge advantage for you. Bigger concern, right tackle this week against that defensive line, which is severely underrated, yeah. or Willie Gay with that running back who is apparently 
I don't know if he's back, but he had right. a great game last week. Well, I don't think Lucas Niang could be ready this week. Right. And and so, you know, you're looking at a backup of potentially Prince Tega Winogo or Jaron Christian. Spell that first name. I'm mm, kidding. P-R-I-N-C-E. And I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna try the rest. But but yeah, so to me it would it would be right tackle. And you know, to the Chiefs credit and to the, the credit yeah. of the coaching staff and Darius Harris, they were okay. During the, the four-game suspension, I mean, it didn't go perfectly, but I think Darius Harris showed that he's a good depth player. I think the depth is a lot weaker right now at what would be right tackle, and so I think it, you know it's, a, it's an imperative there. Is this a good week for McDuffie to come back? Because there's not really a receiver that screams out other than Robert Woods, who's been very quiet. I think uh, time has caught up to Bob Woods, but is this a good time? <laughs> and injuries, really. Too. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, is this, a, is this a good week to have McDuffie back while we wrap up this injury report? I think that... You know, when it comes to to McDuffie, I'm getting the sense that they're still being a little cautious with him. Even though he's practicing in the full participation, I wonder if there's a snap count situation or if he's eased eased back in. I wouldn't even necessarily rule out that, you know, they were to give him another week if there's something where he's not exactly 100%. They have their confidence in these other rookies. That's why, you know, they were able to trade Rashad Fenton. They have a lot of confidence in these young players. I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I – I'm not 100% convinced McDuffie is going to play. I mean, if I had to bet on it, I'm, I'm probably above 50. I think he will. But, again, it's it's still something that's that's worth monitoring. And and like you were saying, the bigger deal this week is your run stoppers. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows that. Oh, yeah. Um, that's Pete Sweeney. He's the lead analyst at – I'm sorry, that's Ron Cop. He is chief editor at Arrowhead Pride. Dusty Likens, uh, minor voice at 610 Sports Radio. Grant Nicholson reporting this and producing this at the same time. Also, coming up next, lead analyst of the Kansas City Chiefs on Arrowhead Pride. Ron Koppel, join us here on Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, at PG Sween on Twitter, at Dusty Likens. Remember to get your questions in. Um, for the end of the show, we get into the mailbag of the Arrowhead Pride Radio Show mailbag, asking the answering the questions that you all have asked. It's been a busy week, even though the Chiefs didn't play one single second. But you know what's great? Um, they scored the same amount of points as the Las Vegas Raiders. So the Chiefs and the Raiders, <laughs> no point differential this week. Chiefs still have the number one offense. And now we have the number one lead analyst joining our show tonight, Pete, Mr. Ron Kopp. Do I do I have to do it again? I, I don't. What's going on with mine? There you go. There we go. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I do this stuff every day, dude. It's the phone. I'm telling you. Um, all right. So, uh, Ron, how are you this week, man? I know last week was a bye week, but you got hit with some trades. But this week we get back, and it's Tennessee time. Yeah, you know, it, it is true. The NFL, there truly is never an off season. Even when your team has an off week, uh, there is not even an off a bye week. So, uh, yeah, no, it, it's been crazy, but I'm doing good, man. Number one lead analyst. I like that title. Let's, let's add that to the, the, the uh, you know, the site, Pete. Can I do that? We'll do Number it. one lead analyst. Absolutely. Anything that you want. <laughs> All right, Ron. So we, we had the bye week and you did some, some research. You did a film review for us at airhoodpride.com. So I, I want you to share what you learned this week as you look back at the film. Right. Yeah. I, I think one of the main things coming up, you know, into the bye week that I was curious about is just the run defense. I know it's, it's, it's one thing that maybe isn't, and, and some I touched on in the article, it's, it's not the most important aspect of, of a game, especially when you have 
the Chiefs' offense, and 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 you know, teams are all obviously going to be forced into throwing a lot when when the Chiefs' offense is on the other side of the ball. But it's been it's been shaky the last three weeks, right? We've seen a lot of gashes, uh, you know, taken by the Chiefs' defense on the ground. Um, the Raiders game was kind of that first one, and kind of what I'm seeing, and and it's kind of discouraging, is that when the Chiefs have three linebackers on the field playing in their base defense, mm. it's they're still giving up a, a lot more on the ground than you'd like from, you know, that's that's going to be, that should be your run defense package, right? You have three linebackers on the field, and one of them is rookie Leo Chanel right now, and, and I do think he's had some some rookie struggles, so I do think that's part of it, too. Um, and, I, and I do think there's there's maybe been some, some uh, not a solid play up front this year um, from a guy like nose tackle Derek Naughty, but that's the thing. I, I really think it's not. I, I, I kind of opened my take with this, but it's 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 not as important as it is for other teams. And and I do think, uh, you know, the Chiefs getting back Willie ba- Willie Gay this this week, or you know, they had him back last week, but him getting back in the mix, I really think that's just gonna it, it's gonna give them that playmaking ability on rundowns, right? And and yeah. and that's what they really just need to do as a run defense. Get a get a tackle for loss on first down every every once in a while. Get a stop on third and one, fourth and one. Right. That's really all you need to do. You don't need to be this consistently great run defense. So I'm just I, I think Willie's return is definitely the the key there to kind of the run defense, maybe being a little better than they had the last few weeks, but they still don't have to be perfect. So Ron, I, I just casted a wide net about what you learned about the Chiefs during the bye week. You said their run defense is bad. And Derrick Henry's coming to town. What level of concern do you have when the best running back in the NFL, arguably, of course, right? Because Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, yada, yada. But one of the best running backs in the world coming to Arrowhead when the run defense might be the weakness of this team. Right. And and one of the points I made was I uh, in the article was like, yeah, I'd like to see them maybe trust their nickel a little more um, and not have three linebackers on the field as much, you know, because Sneed can play against the run. I think we've seen that from him. Well, that should not be the case. Stay in your against the Titans at least. Stay in your base mm-hmm. defense against Tennessee. You need as much just you know pure uh, volume of, of of bodies on the field, right? In terms of we need as much poundage on the field, weight on the field as possible to take on Derrick Henry, um, and and his you know his just his powerful running style. Now, I do think the thing I feel good about um, going into this game is, is the Titans don't have any sort of passing threat at all. Even even if Ryan Tannehill does get back from injury this game they really have been a very uh, inefficient just a just a not a good pass offense this year they obviously traded away aj brown this offseason lost Corey davis as well um a few years ago they're just they just don't really have the weapons in the pass game anymore Traylon burks their first round pick is, is is banged up right now too and so that's where it gets easier for the run defense i think the last three weeks you've seen that some level of threat in the pass game whether it's Derek carr and Devonte adams or josh allen obviously it kind of does make the run defense harder, right? Linebackers can't just sell out against the run. They have to really respect play action. You have to really respect the drop back game or even a quarterback running like a Josh Allen. This week, not as much. I think the linebackers can can definitely be much more on the attack. We've seen Nick Bolton last year have one of his best games of his career, you know, defending Derrick Henry. So I, I, I think I think with the Titans not having much of a pass there, it actually really helps the Chiefs defense. And I, I feel good about them being able to to slow Henry down and maybe not make him you know, maybe not have him have him impact the game as much, turning into a, a win, I should say. So, Derrick Henry, the number one impact for the Tennessee Titans, Patrick Mahomes, and this offense—the one thing that Tennessee has to worry about. But I think it's Wednesday, Ron. There's not a lot of people that are maybe diving into it as much as us nerds are. How underappreciated, or how great, I guess I should say, or I guess dominant can this defensive line for Tennessee be? Yeah, no, they do have some players. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons uh, in the interior, the defensive tackle. I mean, he is a stud, the former first-round pick. 
Um, he, he definitely disrupts things. I mean, last, last week he was, uh, you know, a big disruptor in that game. Obviously a little banged up right now. He did not practice today with an ankle injury, which, you know, that is a, a, huge, a huge thing to, uh, to follow as the week goes on, seeing how healthy he is. But, yeah, they, you know, they, they do have some other players, too. I mean, a guy like Bud Dupree definitely, get, you know, uh, gets get something going off the edge. I mean, they definitely have some, some playmakers up front on the defense. I mean, they are one of the best. Actually, they are the best third-down defense in the NFL this year, um, conversion uh, percentage-wise. They've only allowed, I think, 25% of uh, third downs to convert. And, and that's on the flip side of the Chiefs being the number one third-down offense, I think converting roughly over 50% of there. So I think that speaks to the pass rush of the Titans getting home when they do get in those third-down situations. So I, I definitely think if the Titans are going to win this game or, or you know be in this game, I definitely think the pass rush starting with Jeffrey Simmons is, is, is definitely the way that they're going to be able to compete. Ron, final question for you here. We're talking to Ron Kopp, the lead analyst at ArrowheadPride.com right here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. The Chiefs make a, I would say, minor deadline day deal by sending Rashad Fenton to the Falcons for conditional seventh, really just a cap-clearing move. What's your confidence level in these rookie cornerbacks now that Rashad Fenton, the veteran, won't be back after his injury now playing for the Atlanta Falcons? Right. I, I, I'm confident because the coaching staff is apparently very confident. I mean, I know Rashad Fenton is someone that hasn't played well this year, but it did surprise me to see a team that obviously is contending. This team is obviously contending for a Super Bowl. Get rid of a, a veteran cornerback yeah. that has been in the system for four years, his entire career. It's, only, it's the only thing he knows is Spagnuolo's defense, and he has played quality snaps for them in the past. And then when you pile, pile on top of the fact that there's there's only rookies besides him at the cornerback position pretty much outside of Legereus Need. It did shock me, honestly. I really feel like the cornerback position is a group you can never have enough of. You you really need as many as possible down the stretch if there's injuries. You know, I, I just really feel like you like to have good cornerback depth, especially guys that know your your defense, your system. So it was shocking to me, honestly. Um, but I do think it just tells you how confident this group is in the rookie corners. I don't think that happens if they don't get a look at Joshua Williams like they have this, right. these last few weeks and have, and have seen that, oh, wow, yeah, this guy can, can play. This guy can definitely do – you know, just as, as good of a, a job as, uh, you know, as Rashad Fenton. So all that to say is I'm not – I'm glad that they are trusting the rookie corners. It still shocks me that they got rid of a veteran when there's a lot of season left and there's a lot of, you know, knock on wood, a lot of injuries that can still happen. So I'm, I was shocked by the move. Ron, as we do all the time at the end of this, go ahead and plug what you got coming up the rest of the week on Arrowhead Pride. Absolutely. I, I do have opponent scout. We'll be dropping uh, tomorrow, working on it actually right now. So mm. that's where I got that third that third down conversion rate stat from. I was Multitask. able to pull it out. Writing while he's on the radio. What, what does this guy uh, well, not okay, do? Yeah, maybe not simultaneous, <laughs> simultaneously, but uh, I, I can try. Like I, I'm, Bruce I'm Almighty. There we go. But, uh, no, just five things to watch as well, my weekly game preview. And then, yeah, just wait for next week. We'll have uh, film reviews up of, of what happened on Sunday. Ron, thanks again for your time. We'll talk to you again next week at 6.15 here on 610 Sports Radio for Arrowhead Pride Radio Show, if that's okay with you. It is definitely okay. As long as I, keep, I am the number one lead analyst in your mind, Dusty, as long as you keep <laughs> whatever you, keep you want. I'll, that, I, I'll I go like full it. Kirk Cousins and buy a chain and take pictures with you, and I guarantee we go through the roof. <laughs> I like it. Hey, we'll, we'll set it up one day. We'll set it up. like to hear it. Take care, Ron. We'll talk to you next week. I appreciate it. I can't, I can't hang up the phone. It's weird. I don't know yeah, why this it, thing it, doesn't work. It's hung up. It's hung up. It is hung up? Yeah. Okay. I don't it just it's still flashing RK. Um so real quick before we go to break. Yeah. The Fenton thing. Yeah. A lot of people upset didn't make a move for a defensive player. Didn't you got rid of one of your corners? The two things I think it shows me, mm-hmm. uh obviously the one you got the 1.4 million in cap, two 
you trust your rookies. Yeah, and you get another day three pick. And look at what the Chiefs have done with their day three pick. They got them, now they're starting running back. They got them one of the starters at cornerback in Jalen Watson, you know, when, when they, they have the nickel on the field. And it's very impressive. So we'll see if the conditions are met and they get that seventh. I think it says more about how much confidence this team has in the rookies. And I think it's emphasized by the fact that Steve Spagnuolo typically doesn't like to play younger players like this. And so even more confident is what he had to be if they were going to make a, a move like this. And so they're leaning into Jalen Watson. They're leaning into Legarius Need. They're leaning into Trent McDuffie. They, they feel confident that Joshua Williams, after seeing him for two games, is good enough to be your fourth cornerback. And I think it says something about Nazi Johnson, who was on the practice squad, another seventh rounder, by the way. He was activated to the 53-man roster late in September. And if they wanted to keep Fenton, they probably were saying goodbye to Johnson when it comes to going back on the practice squad. And he would have been subject to waivers. And a lot of times these draft picks, especially if they show in a little something and there's injuries across the league, will get claimed. And so I, I think it's confidence, even though we haven't really seen a ton from him, I think it's confidence in that they can develop him into being something for them someday. So I think a lot went into it. And the biggest thing is you have four rookie cornerbacks as part of your unit now. And it's unbelievable that Spagnuolo, like in a sense, signed off on it. But that should make the fan base confident that these guys are ready and they can do it. And the beauty of that, of course, we, we always talk about this, is they're on their rookie deals. All right. There it is. For all of you that were a little frantic about the old Fenton deal, I just saw a lot of people just like turn and run. So I just want to make sure a that a lot of people didn't like Fenton. And then when they traded him, it's like, why did we do that? I, I, I did get that vibe a little bit. But I, yeah, look, so long as there's no injuries, mm-hmm. McDuffie comes back healthy. It's all good. I think they're going to be okay. All right. That's Pete Sweeney. Chief Editor at Arrowhead Pride, Dusty Leggins with you, 610 Sports Radio. We come back. It might be the same old story, same old team, maybe, um, but it's still the same recipe. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, Arrowhead Pride Radio, all the way up until 7 o'clock. Then you get after hours from 7 until 9, and I can't promise you that it will stay on uh, on path. There is there's some serious action tonight, but in your way, yep. we talk about the Chiefs. We talk about the week that is upcoming, which is the Tennessee Titans. And it is Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson reporting and recording. Um, so at the break, we tease. I tease. Same story, different book, maybe, or maybe it's the same book. I don't know. But it's the Tennessee Titans. And last year, um, the first game of the season, or the first time or the first time we saw them last year, the only time they saw them last year, right. uh, complete and utter disaster, right? The game was over by 12-14. The game started at 12 o'clock. Not a good game. It was kind of one of those games in the middle of that downstretch for the Kansas City Chiefs. Zero defense, couldn't stop Derrick Henry. In fact, I believe the first score of the game was a, def- or was a Derrick Henry passing touchdown. I believe right um, this year. There's no AJ Brown as Ron cop just joined us. Uh, lead analyst of Arrowhead pride uh, who joins us every, every Wednesday at six 15 and, and mentioned there's no uh, AJ Brown. There's no, um, well, there is Ryan Tannehill, but he's coming off of a foot injury. Right. He's coming off of a sickness and it's Robert Woods is their number one wide receiver. Their rookie wide receiver out of Arkansas, who is on, who was on IR. Maybe still is on IR, but he's not playing. 
is this the same recipe for the Tennessee Titans? Like, is it just going to be Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry? Yeah. And yes, I know the responses are if the Chiefs go at 14, they're not going to give it to him. Yes, they will. But is mm-hmm. this the same sort of Titans resume that's going to happen on Sunday night on Sunday Night Football? Well, the one time that the Chiefs were able to handle Derrick Henry was in the playoffs, which mm-hmm. is what you would prefer. There were you know three other games where he did have an impact and – you know, one of them was for 188 yards, you know, so that right. that to me is not good, you know, not not ideal. And I, I think so long as you can kind of keep him in the one to 150 range, you feel pretty good about it. Like, I, I understand that they beat the Chiefs last year and he only had 86 yards. But in that type of game where the defense for the Titans is playing well, you don't really need to continue to run them like they did enough to run the clock down, which is why they won the football game. As Ron kind of said, Bolton had a nice game. But I think typically speaking, if you can hold him to that range, the Chiefs offense has proven that they're finally clicking on all cylinders. So mm-hmm. in, a, in a game where I, I think the Chiefs can score because they, they showed it against the San Francisco 49ers and scoring a lot of different ways, you just can't keep running the football. If you do that, you're letting the score go down in its own right. And like I, I look at the dynamic and the, the game script from – the Chiefs and, and the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers continued to score toward the end of that game, but the Chiefs were in control. And so a lot of those plays, they were taking the 10 yards in front of them because you keep that clock running. Mm-hmm. And so I know it does sound simple, but what we saw from the Chiefs offense was such a positive sign against the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think you're going to be able to win in that way unless it's one of those games where Henry goes completely off and you just simply can't stop him. It's 188 yards. It's what he did last week with over 200 yards. I think so long as you can kind of keep him again in that one to 150 range, you got to feel pretty good about the Chiefs winning this game. And then on the other side of it, it's the Tennessee Titans. Don't look now, but they lead the AFC South, right? Yeah. 0 1 against the AFC South with the hiccup in Indianapolis that the Chiefs had earlier on in this year. We had said before that if you can get to 13 and 4, you're probably the number two seed in the entire AFC, I would assume. Right now, technically, Tennessee's the two seed, I think, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs would be the three seed, which sets up a beautiful matchup against Miami right. uh, in the opening round of the playoffs. But, again, it's week nine. Let's pump the brakes. Yeah, but- I've seen a lot of these playoff projections, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm, I sort of feel the same way right now. I yeah. feel like we're about three or four weeks away from like trying to really look at like sure. who could possibly be playing who. Mm-hmm. But I think people are so excited to see what these playoff matchups are, are going to be that you know we're talking about them right Yeah, because most of the time these, these teams don't disappear. They just kind of shuffle around to where they're no longer playing this matchup, they're playing this. So I ask, if you beat Tennessee, mm-hmm. and we said there'd be two losses the rest of the year, um, where is that loss or where are those two losses? If you do beat Tennessee and also maybe reflect on why this game is plus 12 and a half Kansas city chiefs. Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, I, I look toward division games, but you feel way less confident about even in the division. Now the other teams being able to swing one, we thought the Seahawks would be an absolute dud on Christmas Eve. And all of a sudden they've kind of come out of the woodwork, not to say that they're going to beat the chiefs. Mm-hmm. I like the Chiefs' remaining schedule. I mean, I, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, I you know you know you never know about injuries and such, but every game I feel like the Chiefs are going to be in a good position to win, and I think that's important. You mentioned thirteen and four. Like, I'm not entirely convinced that gets done anymore, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you really, really, I think 
have to continue to win each and every week. And this was something I was talking about earlier. Like if you really look at the Baltimore Ravens schedule, and granted, sometimes Baltimore costs itself games, mm-hmm. they, they could win out. I, I mean, I know it's we're talking about a lot of games. I, in, a, in, a, in a perfect world and in, in what's going to happen, they're not going to do so. But you're talking about multiple teams that could be in that mix, and the buy is just so <laughs> huge. It's not only the buy, but it's not playing in Buffalo. It's not playing in Baltimore. So I, as I'm looking at this and I'm trying to figure it out and you know, take this with a grain of salt because nobody in this city, including myself, including you, had them losing to the Colts, Mm-mm. just win every week. Like It's so important because I, I could see a Buffalo or a Baltimore just continuing to win week and week, week after week. And I know, it, like I said, I know it's early, um, but I, I think we can start talking at least about the bye and the Chiefs need some other stuff to go their way because you know they cost them themselves in that, that Bills game. Now for the the point spread being as high as it is, I do not feel good about the Chiefs covering 12 and a half points. I'm with points. you on that, yeah. I, I really don't. I, I think it feels like too much to, to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm a believer that the Chiefs are going to win. But if they win by 10, they're not covering, right. right? Do we really think that, like, can't you see the scenario that we sort of just talked about where, all right, the Chiefs are up, what, 17-ish in mm-hmm. the second half? But now they're playing back a little bit, and they have Derrick Henry. Can't you see like a late touchdown with four minutes left? I don't. I know point spreads have become such a thing because we bet on the games now, and now that it's legal in Kansas, and I don't know. That's just my feel on it. I believe the Chiefs are going to win. I do. I don't know if they're going to cover that point spread. It doesn't seem. Um, it doesn't seem feasible to me, especially with the Titans playing well. Yeah, I it, a double digit point spread. Like I'm not even on Philadelphia tomorrow night, who's favored by 14. Um, against the the Texans on the road, I believe mm-hmm. on Thursday night football. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I don't want anything to do with that. I'd almost tell people to put money on the Texans. Why does this game seem to be a twelve and a half point edge towards the Chiefs? One, Chiefs on a bye last week, and yeah. then two. Yes, I know they're the number one offense to piggyback on the first part, but two, like it appeared that Derrick Henry was fine last week. Well, this is Las Vegas, so we know that yeah. the Chiefs are going to either lose or or they're going to either win um, by by twelve or thirteen. And and so <laughs> Vegas believes that that it, it's going to be that much. And and I guess they're just looking at the, how well the Chiefs offense played last week. And I'm sure what's in the mix is Ryan Tannehill, not exactly 100 percent healthy, missed last week. It's Malik Willis. You got to feel really good about Patrick Mahomes versus Ooh. Willis. Right. So I, I think maybe the quarterback being a question. I talked to Willie Gay in the locker room today. And what he said to me was, well, Henry is everything. He's like, not to say anything about Ryan Tannehill, but Henry is like their Patrick Mahomes. So this defense is zoning in on Derrick Henry, and Mm -hmm. they truly feel like if we can curb this guy, one of these quarterbacks is going to beat us. Half a Tannehill or a rookie just ain't going to happen. And I guess if I'm trying to make sense of Vegas, they're probably feeling the same way. Okay. That's Pete Sweeney, Chief Editor of Arrowhead Pride. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio. I'm Dusty Likens. I'm just along for the ride. Mm. That's Arrowhead Pride, along for the ride. Grant Nicholson with you as well. We come back, we get into your questions at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter or 913-586-7610, Jay Jay Southland, Toe Service text line here on 610 Sports Radio. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This is Mitch Holtis. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130 on Cody and Gold. 
Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. That is Pete Sweeney on the guitar. Dusty Leggins here getting you back. Set up for the the drums. Then is this how that works? Grant's a drummer. I'm more of just a front man. I have no talents except for the voice. I've noticed that Arrowhead Pride Radio has gone from almost drums and and more like a like a tribal type of thing to hard rock this this year. Is that because you're? you're I'm not really a hard rock guy. More of like a alternative indie rock kind of guy. I think it's just I think it's the people that put this together, and uh, I think they're just really into it. I mean, there's almost like a little electric guitar in this. I mean, does anything speak more Kansas City Chiefs than like rock and roll music? <laughs> like that's only thing I can ever think of when I think of the Kansas City Chiefs is Kid Rock. Yeah. Uh, Gary, not Gary Glitter anymore. He's done. But uh, Kid Rock. Yeah. Um, Black Betty. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that type of stuff. That's what really. Really makes me think of Arrow, or not Arrow, Private of Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I don't blame you for that. So this is the mailbag segment here on 610 Sports Radio with the Kansas City uh, Chiefs questions that we have for Arrowhead Pride and Arrowhead Pride radio show here on 610. Uh, first one comes from J.C. Proctor. Is Leo Chanel in place of Frank Clark? Well, Frank Clark is out. What? Well, I wouldn't say that, but, I, I you know, you're, everyone is really going to have to contribute a bit here when it when it comes to being able to, to stop the run. I mean, I, I think they're really leaning into Chanel mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes to having a role doing that. And I I do feel confident. I, like, I go back to what Ron said when it comes to Nick Bolton. Like, Nick Bolton had some success against against Derrick Henry. And so mm-hmm. now you go to Chanel, and they drafted him to be this downhill run stopper. And the biggest thing about, about Henry, and I've talked to Turk Wharton about this before, is just – you got to kill the engine. Like you almost have to get low, and I, I feel like you got to get a, a lot of bodies to the ball. And to me, that fits right into what Chanel does well. And so, no, I think he's. I don't think he's directly filling in for Frank Clark. Right? We're talking about different types of positions, but it, he's, yeah, he, he, it's going to be asked. He's, he's going to be asked more of, I, I believe, with Clark out of the lineup. I mean, but it's okay. Like I, I think if you were going to miss two games without Clark, who's not really the old Clark, right? He's not the Clark that was saying that he's going to kill Derrick Henry, essentially. So, to me, I think the Chiefs will be okay. Uh, this one from Hushpook, I guess is how you would say that. H-U-S-H-P-O-O-K. Mm. Uh, the Chiefs went years not being able to draft defensive help. Now they have such a wealth of talent. They can trade it away. What changed? Well, I, I think for years we were talking about how the Chiefs were unwilling to draft a cornerback in the first round. And we said it year after year. And then Brett Veach got on his pre-draft presser and said, look, if it makes sense, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then they did it. And again, I keep saying this, but it's through 20 snaps. Trent McDuffie looks looks the part. And I think they felt really good about him ahead of the NFL season. We saw a little bit of him, you know, baby amount, and he looked pretty good. And, you know, the Cardinals weren't targeting him. And the, the, the field got him. And then you got an opportunity to see Jalen Watson. He looked good. You got an opportunity to see Joshua Williams. He looked good. And then possibly the most underrated player in the Chiefs and maybe the AFC is LeJerry Sneed. He's just like a constant guy that that is not really talked about on a national level and just so reliable for the Chiefs in a lot of different ways. And so it became a, a situation where you didn't need Rashad Fenton anymore. And, and so the Chiefs moved on, and they're almost calling their shot in a sense. But how impressive is that? 
where you feel like the four rookies you have are better than this veteran who has played some significant snaps for you? Um, this one kind of fits the the trade that they had, but it says which receiver. This is from uh, Jack Stacks underscore eight one six. I don't know if there's any indication to the restaurant. There's not. It's just a picture of a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, which receiver will see less snaps slash targets uh, when Kadarius Tony is more familiar with this offense? It's a good question. I, I I think that's why a lot of us believe that this is going to have more of an impact in 2023 when he really has the offense down. You know, I, I, I think as good as he can be, you know, as good as the Chiefs hope he can be, mm-hmm. just like Sky Moore in a, in a way, there's not a ton of those offensive snaps to, to go around. I think the Chiefs thought the upside was really good. I think the fact that he's on a rookie contract made it make a lot of sense. And if you, you know, you look at the contract situations, you may not have McCole Hardman or Juju Smith-Schuster next year. And so, you know, you put one and one together and, and when we do this, and, and that's why, like, even though there may not be a lot of targets to go around, especially as he gets used to the offense, I think the hope is for next year, if you do lose one of these guys, which we assume that, right, you're not going to retain mm-hmm. Juju and McCole Hardman, that he'll be able to step in, take those snaps, and, and have meaningful production for the Chiefs. Uh, kind of a two-parter with this. This one actually comes from a different one. It's at Pat's Right Arm 15, so a big Chiefs fan. Pat's Right Arm. That's right. Pat's Right Arm 15. Um, so not the left arm. Mm-mm. Okay. The left arm, you just it's only when it's under pressure. And you get, um, you get wobblers out of the left arm. But they're on target. Sure. Hit them right in the bread basket, as one person might say. Okay. Uh, given that talent uh, Kadarius Tony possesses, why is he only looked at as a future wide receiver help instead of this season? I don't know if that's... Yeah, kind of just described it. I, yeah. I think the role, and I'll, I'll answer a different question here, I think the role could be a returner. I mean, we saw him taking punts today. I mean, mm-hmm. the Chiefs have a lot of these guys that, that do take punts, but just seeing him out there, he looks comfortable doing it. I mean, I, I, that, I think that's only going to get more comfortable as he continues to take these reps in practice. I've said it a few times, Dave Tobe is, is usually pretty forthcoming with us about what he believes uh, some, a certain player could do when he's entered in that role. And so we'll find out more information tomorrow. This is going to be one of the questions we're certainly asking Dave Tobe. And then similar, I think, to, to what we saw in Hill's rookie season, because Tony in Kansas City is kind of like a do-over in a sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's more of an offensive contributor toward the, the, the end of the year. So this is from the text, and I just want you to, to kind of maybe um, give some people reality. Okay. This is from the 913-586-7610, and then we'll wrap this big bad baby up and get you set up for week nine, Sunday at 720. But it says, mm. do you think this is one week, if any week, that if the Chiefs win the coin toss, they'll actually receive instead of try to and try to score first against Tennessee, who's a run team? No, I, I don't. Um, Andy Reid changed this a few years ago. He used to receive. I remember, I don't remember what year it was that he was talking about this, but he used to receive been and I think a lot of people have been calling for that for a long time simply because of how high powered the Chiefs offense is. Like mm-hmm. Friday night lights, what do you do? You receive the ball and you go up. It's a little different in the NFL. And so they've leaned into analytics in certain ways. And I believe what the number was that Reed described was for teams that kick away and are able to have a defensive stop, you end up winning the game fifty five percent of the time. And so he decided to take that five percent advantage. And look Andy doesn't always go with analytics. You know, we've seen him in games this year where the analytics say to go for it and he's kicked the field goal. But in this particular situation, every game he says, no, let's let's try to take any advantage we have. And for, for what it's worth, I, I think if you can get the defensive stop, you're feeling really good about those mm-hmm. games. It's, it's when the other team goes down and scores a touchdown that you're thinking twice. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, Chief Editor of Arrowhead Pride. What's coming up this week, uh, Thursday through basically Sunday? 
Well, we're getting ready for Sunday night football. Should be a, a fun week. We'll continue to, to have our articles. I just mentioned the coordinators talk tomorrow. It's also assistant coach day. So you get a little Ooh. bit deeper insight in, into some of these coaches and, and what they believe these players can do. And we'll continue to cover the team. We're monitoring Willie Gay, who popped up on the injury report with a hamstring injury. I'm sure we'll have more information on that tomorrow. But just getting you ready for Sunday night football. And then keep it locked at 610 Sports Radio, airheadpride.com, as, as we get ready for a big game here. The Chiefs trying to go 6-2. and two. So do you think the first question Dave Tobe gets is who's kicking, who's returning punts this week uh, against the Tennessee Titans? No, you know what? I'll, you know, whatever you want. What do you, what do you want? What do you you want, want me to give you a question to ask? Yeah, sure. The coaches. Dave Tobe. Okay. Um, why did you think it would be a good idea to have Sky Moore, who's never punt returned in his career, yeah. do it in the big leagues at the NFL level? All right. I'm not going to ask exactly that, but I'll, I'll, ask, I'll, I'll ask it. Okay. Yeah. That's just kind of interesting. How's the rest of the night look for you, Pete? I'm going to do my absolute best in, in not going to Chick-fil-A, as you'll, I described to you before. You'll uh, be there. We... We'll see how many chicken nuggets I get. I can't wait to see the picture on my phone, and my <laughs> response will just be my pleasure. Um, yeah, so Arrowhead Pride Radio, another solid week. Make sure you check it out on the, on the podcast page. Go to ArrowheadPride.com. Look at there. Follow Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. Follow PG Sween on Twitter as well. I'm Dusty Liggins. Thanks to Grant Nicholson for all of his help. Pete, I truly do mean this. You're a good man. Take care the rest of the week and uh, try to just keep one foot in front of the other on this busy, busy NFL season. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's enough. Anyways, um, I'm Dusty Liggins, Pete Sweeney, Grant Nicholson, 610 Sports Radio. Coming up next, After Hours here on 610 hey, Sports Radio. Love Kansas City. Only leave your footprints, all right? Hey. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. 